Good morning and Boker Tov. Welcome back to 10 Minutes of Meaning. Mrs. Sharm each week. So happy and excited to be back together learning the words of the Ramchal, Rav Moshe Chaim Lutzato, his timeless messages and values for every generation, every place, every time about how to be the best version of ourselves. Uh, Rav uh, Moshe Chaim Lutzato is Ramchal and his Mesilas Sharm taps into the words those learned in the Dafyomi recently covered of Rav Pinchas Ben Yair, the winning formula of how to grow step by step. You don't have to complete one step before working on the next. We can be working on all of them simultaneously uh, and to be trying to improve. First, Zahiris, mindfulness, how to be present and conscious and conscientious in everything we're, we're doing, in every thought and every action, in all of our speech. And then we move to Zerizas, how to act with alacrity and zeal and enthusiasm. And then we move to Nikias, how to identify the things that undermine or sabotage our best selves and illuminate and purge them from ourselves. And then we moved over to precious, how to live a life of discipline, not abstinence, that abstinence is a value, but abstinence in the sense that discipline, we can learn to live without, we can be in control of our faculties and so on. I want to thank our generous sponsors for the year, our dear friends, Chani and Lenny Grunstein, in memory of Mr. Aaron Tembor, Aaron Ben Yitzchak Chani's father. If you'd like to sponsor a future class or episode, please email lee, L-E-E, at brsonline.org. O-R-G. Okay, we're on Perak Tezvav, we're on chapter 15 of the Ramchal. And he's telling us, What is the methodology? What is the way to acquire this attribute, this quality, this capacity to be disciplined and sovereign over ourselves? In other words, we know what's right. We know the best version of ourselves. We know at the beginning of the day, here's what my best day looks like. I am punctual. I'm only saying things that I'm mindful are appropriate and will be positive to say. I'm eating the right things in the right place at the right time in the right measure. I am, and yet by the end of the day, we're filled with regret and remorse and guilt. At the end of the day, we're filled with wishes that the next day we can do better. So what went wrong? Why do we struggle so much? How can we acquire precious? How can we acquire that attribute, that quality of being able to be disciplined? So number one, he said, is to recognize the threat, the danger, the damage of the things that we're trying to be disciplined over. And he began in the world of food because it's a universal, universal challenge. Hashem put us into this world. God created a world, deposited us in it with something called taste buds and appetite. Just coming off of Pesach, where most of us gorged, most of us ate like gluttons. And after one meal, we swore we'd never, ever, ever, ever eat again. The next meal, I'll just wash. I'll just have a bite. I'll just eat the bare minimum until we found ourselves gluttonously gorging yet again. So how? We feel sick each time we do it. Our own body rebels against us. Our own body is telling us, you're abusing me. Call a hotline. The neshama, the soul is abusing me, the body, in the way that it's eating. And yet, despite that, we struggle to be disciplined. We keep going right back to the food or to the quantity or to the time we're eating it, which, which rebels against our very body. The pleasure of eating is the most sensory and stimulating. Is there anything more perishable, more quickly lost than food? We see that food, the aroma, the flavor, the memory, the emotional connection, the eating to relieve stress or to be an escape or to numb ourselves. The incredible thing about food is you only enjoy food for such a small time. When do we enjoy the food? While it's in our mouth, while it's engaging our taste buds. Once it descends the gullet, once it goes down the throat to the stomach, you're full, but you're not even enjoying. It's not even a source of pleasure. 
You feel bloated and full and disgusting. Start hating yourself. By the way, all of this I'm just describing myself. I don't know if I'm describing anybody else. Once you swallow it, you forget the whole memory of the food and it's as if it didn't exist. And once it leaves the area, it enters the intestines, it's forgotten. Eating coarse bread would also make you full. The same way it would uh, eat in fat and ghee does. In other words, if you need to fill your stomach with nutrients, if you need to nourish yourself to be able to draw energy, to be able to live, you could do so on very basic foods. And yet we engage the most intricate delicacies, the most expensive, often delicacies and quantities which are harmful, not helpful. So if we consider for a moment what we're putting into our system and the consequences, the results of high blood pressure, of sugar challenges, of diabetes, of cardiac illness, of there are no limits, the self-imposed sabotage, danger, damage we're doing to ourselves, or minimally the heaviness, the bloatedness you feel when you're done eating, and therefore the cloud to your brain, your inability to focus, to concentrate, and therefore judgment is impaired, saying things we regret, damaging relationships, unable to learn, unable to be productive. So, what the Ramchal is pointing out, Ramosh Chaim Lutzata is pointing out, is this enormous anomaly about the human being. We are intelligent. We are supposed to be advanced and above animals. We're supposed to be sophisticated and thoughtful people. We're supposed to be able to identify that which threatens and harms us and to protect ourselves, to eliminate, and to be able to safeguard ourselves. And yet, on the other hand, we are so lowly, so pathetic, utterly pathetic, that the very thing that harms us, that hurts us, the very thing that threatens to shorten our life, to riddle us with disease and illness, to sabotage our own well-being and success, we keep going back again. We go back for more. We repeat the cycle over and over. So after a Pesach, we'll begin a diet. After a Pesach, we'll pledge. We're going to eat differently. Intermittent fasting, working out daily, my daily plank. How long does it last? The cycle continues and we go back. The animal knows something's harmful and recoils and stays away forever. But the human being, supposedly more sophisticated, elevated, and advanced, keeps cycling back to the very thing which is damaging. Says the Ramchal, you want the easy and obvious and simple and straightforward method to live this life of discipline is the mindfulness. When you look at that food, 12 o'clock at night, the leftover Chinese, 12 o'clock at night, the bag of potato chips, the tea room, the third go around that evening. And you look at that and you say, that equates to a lab report of high blood pressure, high sugar, pre-diabetic. And you know what? How long will the flavor last? How much will I enjoy it? And therefore, a person has to know that in between the urge and the action is a moment. In between the appetite and the eating, there is a pause. There's a space. There's margin. That's where precious comes in. The ability to be disciplined and dignified. The capacity to be sovereign and in control. The willingness to say, no, that's not good for me. And I don't do things that aren't good for me. I only do things not that are pleasurable for me. I only do things that are both pleasurable and good for me. But if it's pleasurable and bad for me, then I'm not interested. So how can we train ourselves 
No matter how delicious cyanide was, we'd never consume it because it would kill us. We wouldn't drink or eat poison. And yet, we struggle when it comes to food in ways that act poisonously towards us. So if only we can see that food as a form of poison, then we'd recoil. Then we develop an allergy to it. Then, no matter how delicious our memory tells us, tells our taste buds it was, we would stay away. V'zepashit, says the Ramchal. It's simple. It's really simple. Don't overcomplicate it. Don't pay enormous money to go to enormous uh, weight loss programs. It's really very simple. We have to train ourselves to live mindfully, to eat mindfully, and train ourselves to understand that there is a moment, there is a pause, there is a space between the urge, the appetite, and the action. Between when my salivary glands want that food and when I stuff it down my face. In between there is a moment, and in that moment I can say to myself, no, that's not good for me. How long will the pleasure even last? A moment, is that worth it? Is it worth shortening my life? Is it worth not being able to get on the floor and play with my grandchildren? Is it worth saying goodbye to my family years earlier than I have to? All because of the flavor in my mouth that lasts for a brief moment. No, in between the urge and the action is that place to say no, it's simple. It's simple. So we have to train ourselves to live with precious. Precious is not an abstinence that thinks that there's a religious value to living without. Hashem put us in this world and He said, enjoy, it's wonderful. It doesn't mean I can't occasionally have potato chips. It doesn't mean I can't occasionally bend a rule because I'm doing it calculated, I'm doing it thoughtfully, I'm allowing myself to do it, I'm doing it strategically, and I understand that in small doses or moderation or measure, it won't be harmful. So when we accustom ourselves to that truth, when we mindfully live that way and we condition ourselves to see unhealthy food or eating it in an unhealthy time or an unhealthy quantity, and we've trained and conditioned ourselves to see that as a danger and as a threat, we can set ourselves free. Coming off of the holiday of freedom, slavery, we can set ourselves free. We no longer loathe them. We'll become aware we should take them from this world, only what is essential. So if we look at food and we look at our eating, this is just one example. I know we're harping on it, but this is only one example. What could be of so many? But if we look at it and we say, I'm going to distinguish between good for me and bad for me. So there's a matrix. There's what's pleasurable and not pleasurable. There's also what's good and what's bad. And only the quadrant that overlaps, that's both pleasurable and good for me, that's what I will indulge. That's what I will enjoy. And I will condition and train myself that the other three quadrants, whether it is pleasurable but not good for me, or, I mean, if it's good for me but not pleasurable, I guess we can have it. But I will train and condition myself to see it as a threat, as poison, to see it as a danger, and therefore to learn to not even be tempted by it. That's what precious is all about. Conditioning and training ourselves to learn to live without, to not even be tempted, to remove it from the repertoire of our appetite, to live in the space between the urge and the action, and to remember and to embrace that we ultimately are in control. 
we have free will. We are autonomous people. And even though the marketing industry and even though these foods themselves have addictive components to them, we are in charge and we are in control. And it is up to us. We'll continue with this, please God, next week. Stay tuned, 845 this morning for Living with Amuna. Don't forget to subscribe on our YouTube channel if you want to be notified every time we go live. Join our community of learners. Tonight we go 9 p.m. Mrs. Ruth Lichtenstein, the founder of Project Witness, the editor-in-chief of Amodia, great-granddaughter of the Ger Rebbe, tonight on Behind the Bima, which is Yom HaShoah. Look forward to seeing you then. Until then, stay happy, stay healthy, and stay holy.